Salutations, friend, and welcome to the Profit Scale Podcast, where we help independent Black, Indigenous, and people of color entrepreneurs earn at their highest levels through securing corporate contracts. I'm your host, Ruth Joy Connell, your corporate consultant and sales enablement expert, and I'm on a mission to equip you with the systems and strategies you need to build a business of generational impact and income. Around here, we bring culture and coins together, providing all the learning, community, and support you'll need as you scale your business. So if you're ready to step into your next level of income and impact, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Turn up the volume and lean in, because we're about to get started. Salutations, friend, and welcome to season three of The Profit Scale. At the end of the last season, I shared some exciting news that this season will introduce interviews with guest experts, corporate decision makers, and women entrepreneurs who are securing corporate clients just like you. I've been really excited about the launch of season three because I have the privilege of having some amazing conversations with brilliant women this season, and I'm truly excited for you to hear the depth and wisdom that they have to share with you. So before we get started, I mean, well, technically we're getting started, but help me help you make sure that this season is fantastic. And in order to do that, I need you to do two things. Number one is to make sure that you're subscribed to or following the podcast. That way, every time a new episode is available, you'll be notified right away on whatever platform you prefer to listen to the podcast. And number two is to make sure that you subscribe to my weekly newsletter. So through the newsletter, this is where I provide insight into the podcast episodes, resources, and all around great stories, if I do say so myself. And they're just another way that I get to communicate with you because those newsletters are written by me. So it's another opportunity for us to spend some time together. As we dive into making this podcast the go-to resource for women who want to or are serving B2B clients, I want to make sure that you know all the resources available to help you succeed. So do me a favor, before you go any further, hit pause, take a second while you're listening right now, and scroll down to the episode description and click the link to join the newsletter if you haven't already. And while you're at it, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Okay, so... Now, season three has officially begun, and we are kicking off the season with a one-to-one solo episode so that you and I can have a come-to-Jesus moment about the one thing you absolutely must be doing in order to secure corporate contracts, and that thing is prospecting. This is where the rubber meets the road, because I can teach you all about the corporate buyer's ecosystem, who the decision makers are and what they're looking for, what to write in your emails, and you can even hear from other women on how they're going about finding securing contracts. But at the end of the day, knowledge isn't enough. You need to apply what you're learning so you can actually see results, and that's where prospecting comes into play. When I was working as a corporate sales trainer, we tracked the sales activity for each representative, meaning we were not only tracking the number of calls they booked, but we tracked every single touch point from emails to follow-up calls to in-mails that were sent via LinkedIn, down to commenting on prospects' social media posts. We tracked everything. Why? Because while the goal was to land discovery calls that would lead to deals, we understood that there were a lot of smaller steps that needed to happen to make that goal a reality. And so we focused on the actions that were within our control and measured what we wanted to grow. 
These are called revenue generating activities. And if you've listened to any episode of the podcast before, this is probably not your first time hearing the term. But revenue generating activities are the tasks and actions that lay the groundwork for revenue, regardless of whether it takes three days or three months. And prospecting is one of the most important. So raise your hand if you've attended my corporate coins workshop. I'm just kidding. Don't don't put your hand up. I can't see you. <laughs> but if you have attended the workshop, then you've definitely heard me say that in the world of B2B, sales happen through conversations. That means if you're not prospecting, you're not having conversations. And as a result, you're not making sales. The corporations you want to work with and those that need your expertise have likely never heard of you before. Meaning that when an opportunity does come up, they don't even know that your company is an option. This is why we prospect, to create awareness, build relationships, and to be proactive about our sales. Instead of waiting for an organization to come to you, prospecting is you going to them. Our conversation today is going to be a masterclass on prospecting. Call it Prospecting 101, if you will where I'm going to break down what it is, the steps involved, and the role that it plays in helping you secure corporate clients. My goal for today is to help you understand what prospecting actually is, to help you see how simple it can be, and to help you develop the confidence to start today. Let's jump in. So what exactly is prospecting? Prospecting is the act of searching out and initiating new business by seeking out and building relationships with potential clients. The key defining characteristic of prospecting is that you are taking proactive steps to find and sometimes create opportunities for sales instead of waiting for opportunities to come to you. Whether or not you realize it, businesses are prospecting you all the time as well. And so I want to give you one example just to help you see what this looks like in real life, because you've likely experienced this yourself. So one simple but really effective way businesses do this is through the use of coupons or discount codes. Have you ever received a coupon book from McDonald's or Subway or any restaurant for that matter in the mail before? This is an example of prospecting. In the case of these restaurants, their target audience is quite wide, so they can send out these coupons to a large number of people in hopes that a portion of them will actually use the coupons. And while they may not know exactly who's going to use the coupons, they definitely know the areas and neighborhoods that do end up using them based on the coupon codes when they're scanned. So this lets them know where to send the coupons again so that each time they do send it out, they focus on what's already proven to work and the areas that they know are already using their coupons. And the funny thing is that I don't tend to buy McDonald's or Subway, but when I have a coupon for those restaurants, they're more likely to at the very least be an option that I'll consider. So I'm curious to know if it's the same with you as well or if that's just me. And of course, restaurants aren't the only place that offer coupons and discount codes, but they tend to do this very well. So I wanted to use this example just to help demonstrate what this can look like. All right. So how does this tie into prospecting? While these restaurants are proactively looking for ways to engage potential customers just like you and me by preemptively providing a discount code, they're creating a reason and an incentive for us to purchase from them or even just to consider them, whereas they might not even have crossed our minds when we're thinking of something to eat. And even though there's no guarantee that we'll actually use the coupon and go and make a purchase, they're still actively creating an opportunity just in case it does work. 
And I don't know about you, but I would be lying if I said it hasn't worked on me. There have literally been times I've gone to McDonald's only because I had a coupon. And if I had gone there and the coupon was expired or for some reason it didn't work, I literally left. (laughs) So it works, at least on me. When it comes to B2B organizations, the concept is the same, although the delivery is different. The act of prospecting is not about the sale. It's about working the process that will eventually lead you to one. And this is where people can go wrong because they think prospecting is about trying to convince someone to purchase your products or services when really you know that they're likely to make a purchase at some point. And so prospecting is making sure that you're at least considered as an option when the time comes. Now that we have a foundation in prospecting, let's talk about what it looks like. There are two steps to prospecting, the first of which is researching potential clients and the second of which is nurturing relationships with them. So let's break each one of these down further, starting with researching potential clients. This is where you identify organizations that might be interested in your services. This process begins with you first identifying some characteristics of the type of organizations that you want to work with and the ones that are most likely to need or to benefit from the services that you offer. Some examples of these characteristics could be the size of the organization, where they're located, the industry they operate in, or even the age of the company. Identifying some basic criteria goes a long way in helping you create a targeted list. Back in episode 28, I broke down the four pillars of pricing, which included pillar number one, the company profile. The company profile pillar helps you identify which organizations are a good fit for your services based on qualifying criteria. I'll link to that episode in the show notes so you can go back and listen to it fully to get the full context. But the gist is that you'll use the basic criteria to cast a wide net in your research, the idea being that only a portion of the prospects you reach out to will engage with you. In his book, The Ultimate Sales Machine, Chet Holmes published The Buyer's Pyramid, which suggests that at any given point in time, only 3% of your target audience will be ready to buy right now. So the larger the net, the increase the likelihood that you'll catch that 3%. As you become more seasoned with prospecting, this approach will change and your criteria will become more specific and better refined, which means that you'll be able to cast a smaller net when doing your research and still find highly qualified prospects. But for now, this is a good place to start. With your criteria in hand, you can simply start Googling companies and adding them to a spreadsheet, a Google Doc, or even to your notes app. The method you use doesn't have to be fancy, it just has to be functional. Another great tool you can use is LinkedIn Sales Navigator, which is a paid tool, and it is on the more expensive side, but can be a great resource for finding prospects. Now that you have the list of organizations, the next step is to find a point of contact, and this is where that corporate buyer's ecosystem comes into play. So we're going to go back into the podcast archive in episode 31. That's where I shared the framework called the corporate buyers ecosystem. These are the people who are typically involved in the organization's decision making process. And in that episode, I share with you how to market to each one of those roles. The summary is that the three primary roles are the information gatherer, the authorizer and the advocate. Each of them influences the others, but for the purpose of prospecting, you're going to want to identify who plays the role of the authorizer in each organization on your list. 
If you want to listen to the full breakdown of the corporate buyer's ecosystem, I've linked to episode 31 in the show notes for you. So now that you have your list of prospects and you've identified your point of contact in each organization, it's time to move into step two of prospecting, nurturing a relationship. Hey friend, so you know when you were younger and you found out that the popular kid in school was having a party, but then you realized that you weren't actually invited to the party, but everyone you knew was going to be there and then you're like, who cares? I don't actually want to go anyways. <laughs> but secretly, you definitely wanted to go. Well, yeah, this is kind of like that, except you're actually invited. I want to personally invite you to join me for our exclusive corporate coins training. If you're an avid listener to the podcast, then you already know that here we cover all things serving corporate clients. But this workshop takes everything you're already learning to a whole new level. During this free training, I'll be walking you through the framework, of course, for how to attract, sell to, and serve corporate clients, while also diving into the coins and culture to address the challenges that we specifically face in these environments as Black, Indigenous, and people of color entrepreneurs. This training is interactive, it's high energy, it's industry-leading content, it's jokes and laughter, and of course, it's a safe space for us to come together, have real conversation, and for you to be supported on your journey. But here's the catch. There is no replay. You either come live or you miss it. This, my friend, is why you're going to want to make sure you register for this training and mark it on your calendar. The training, of course, is free, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an investment required. The investment is your time. That's it. You bring you and I'll meet you there with everything else you'll need. To get all the details and to register for the free training, just click the link in the show notes to save your spot. Trust me, you'll be glad that you did. All right, friend, back to the episode. Earlier in today's conversation, I said that prospecting is not about making a sale. It's about working the process that will eventually lead you to one. Nurturing a relationship with your prospect is how you do that. Nurturing is about leading with a human relationship, one that expresses genuine interest, curiosity, and a desire to help. When you're in the nurturing stage, you're looking for ways to interact with your point of contact and to build a relationship with them. Now, you're not going to do this in a way that is creepy or weird by any means, but you are going to be strategic and deliberate with your efforts. Platforms like LinkedIn are a great way to engage prospects and to get on their radar in a natural way. The information they share on their page is public, and when they engage with other people's posts, it also helps you learn about what their interests are. You can use that information to find common ground with them, and over time, it can become an open door to a conversation. Because like I said earlier, sales happen through conversations. Another great way to nurture relationships is to become a part of their ecosystem. And what I mean by this is to show up in places that they're already frequenting. A great example is to see what type of professional events your prospects are attending and to begin to attend those events as well. It's one thing for someone to know what your username is online, but it's another thing for them to see your face and to talk to you in person. That builds the know, like, and trust factor that much faster. The common denominator with nurturing relationships is that you are consistently looking for ways to engage with your prospect and you are extending an invitation to them to have a conversation with you. 
At some point, you have to make your ask. And in our case, the ask is for them to have an offline conversation with you, meaning a conversation that's not taking place through social media. This conversation is where you both get the chance to understand each other's needs and services better and to see if there's an opportunity to work together. The reality is it won't always be a good fit. And even when it is, there won't always be an opportunity to work together. But as you continue to build your relationship with them, you put yourself at the top of their list for when an opportunity does come around. This is Prospecting 101. You can probably tell by everything we've gone through so far that this process takes time. This is not the strategy you use when you're looking for an immediate cash influx into your business. And this is why you should always be prospecting. The earlier you begin and the more consistent you are, the more likely you are to always have at least one sale coming through the pipeline at any given time. Now, I do want to acknowledge that applying these steps consistently is a skill. It's a muscle that you have to build up and it's a lot easier to do so when you have support and community around you. And that's exactly what my program Systems at Scale provides. If you want to learn more about how this program can help you secure your first or your next corporate client, click the link in the show notes to join the waitlist. All right, friend, let's recap our conversation today and talk about how we can convert this conversation to coins. I started off today's conversation by highlighting the importance of prospecting in your strategy to secure B2B corporate clients. From there, we dove into what prospecting is and isn't, then walked through the two steps involved in prospecting. The first step was researching potential clients, and the second step was nurturing a relationship with them. As you know, our conversation is never complete without talking about how we can take action on what we discussed, and today is no different. The action item I have for you today is actually an exercise to help you create a list of prospects in little to no time. When I was creating today's episode, I really wanted to make sure you could action these strategies and wanted to remove the barriers that would prevent you from moving forward. So I opened up trusty chat GPT and tried entering a few prompts with some of the basic criteria we spoke about earlier to see if it would generate a list of prospects. And in fact, it did. So I templated this chat GPT prompt and put it together in a step-by-step document for you to use. That way you can just switch out your key information to match your target audience. To get access to the prompt template, all you have to do is scroll down to the show notes and click the download. By using this, you'll be able to generate a list of 50 organizations that could be potential clients and you'll be well on your way to prospecting. So be sure to download the prompt template. And if you end up using a prompt of your own, send me a message on LinkedIn and share it with me. I'm always looking for new ways to use ChatGPT. Friend, as we wrap up this episode, I want to talk to you about what's coming next. In the next episode of The Profit Skill, we welcome our first guest to the podcast, like literally our first guest ever on the podcast, which is so exciting. (laughs) But you are not going to want to miss this conversation because you're going to get to hear from a decision maker herself. Our guest in the next episode sits in the vice president position within a cybersecurity organization, and she'll be sharing with you her insights on what corporate buyers are looking for when hiring vendors just like you and me. So you're literally going to get the inside scoop. We talk about pricing, how to define the value you offer, understanding what's important to decision makers, and so much more. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast already, go ahead and subscribe now so you'll be notified in two weeks when a new episode is released. 
As always, I'm so grateful that you chose to spend this time with me, and it's my hope that each episode plays a part in moving you one step closer to building a business that will have a generational impact. Friend, I need your help. It's my mission to provide this podcast as a resource for women and women of color entrepreneurs all over the world, and I can't do that without you. Every time you leave a review, it helps increase our reach, making it easier for fellow women entrepreneurs to find us. Will you take a moment to leave a review for the podcast? This small gesture means so much to me, and it's the best way you can support us if you love the podcast. And if you've left a review before, you can leave more than one. Every review goes a long way. All you have to do is hit the link in the show notes to leave a rating and a review, or head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a review and rating there. And will you do me one more small favor? Take a second and share this episode with a fellow entrepreneur. Sharing even just one episode can make a world of a difference for the person listening on the other end. On behalf of myself and the team, thank you so much for supporting us in doing so. I'll be here at the same time and same place in two weeks. And until then, I wish you coins, confidence, and all the bags. Talk to you soon, friend.